Welcome back to the new EDU podcast. Why am I always the one welcoming everybody? He always like because I don't like shoulders me or <laughs> knees me or something to welcome you back to the podcast. That's your gift. The fact that you're here means that you made it through another week. Educators, parents, that's something to celebrate. Right. Oh my goodness, go get yourself a Starbucks or I don't know whatever whatever it is that makes you happy today. A diet Seven Up cherry. Gross. <laughs> so good. Nobody actually likes those. I do. Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. EDU. Here's the thing about you, though, Wade, and your your diet seven up yeah. cherry. What is na- it? Okay, yes. I don't know if anybody else has a spouse out there who drinks a fourth of a soda. Oh, in a can, and then puts it back in the refrigerator. For later. And then says that it's for later, but then when for later comes, he in fact opens up another can of soda. I'll, I'll sip on it and throughout drink, the day a little bit. Drinks a half. But I when cannot it goes, even. When it goes flat, like you don't want to drink it anymore. Which is exactly why <laughs> you don't put it back in the refrigerator and leave it there. I cannot even tell you how many cans I have in my refrigerator. How many what? Cans. Cans. <laughs> in the South, everything becomes Canyons. multiple syllables. That's right. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. Sorry, guys. We we got off on a, a wild tangent mm-hmm. of soda drinking, and that has nothing to do with our episode today, or it might. We were just celebrating the fact that you we'll made it see. through another week. But welcome to part two of our energy talk, where we're mm-hmm. talking about where do you find the energy? How do you maintain the energy? What if you lost your energy? Where do you go to for energy? All things energy. And so if you were with us for our last episode of the podcast, we talked about energy with you personally, how we find our personal energy, because we know as parents, as educators, that first of all, our energy is contagious. And second of all, if we don't deal with our own personal energy and get ourselves hype about life or mm-hmm. the day or whatever it may be, then others are not going to follow in our footsteps. And the fact of the matter is, as an educator, as a parent, you are an influence to someone else. You have kids following you and following your every move, yes, even into the bathroom. Hopefully that doesn't happen as a teacher, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know how kids are. So today what we wanted to talk about in part two of this is how do we find energy in the classroom? How do we then carry that into the classroom? Maybe we've Maybe we've lost a passion for education Mm -hmm. or we're we're struggling to find our passion Mm -hmm. for being a teacher or we're burnt out or we're tired or as a parent, we're like, I cannot literally, if somebody says mom or dad one more time, I just can't, I just can't. So if you just can't, literally you can't even. Today we're going to talk about how you can even, and we're going to talk about energy in the classroom and what this looks like helping our kids find energy as well, or you know, as a parent at home if you're doing digital learning. What, yeah, where do we find energy when it comes to instruction, kids, classroom? Right, and and that's what's really cool, um, especially right now, is if you're not an educator, um, we're going to mostly be speaking today from an educator's point of view, but that doesn't mean if you're not an educator that this does not apply to you, especially during this time period. 
just take that hat off and see how you, you can adapt everything we're going to talk to you today with being that education facilitator for your kids. Well, I agree with what you said that we're going to go f- talk about this from an educator's perspective. Right. But honestly, everything that we're going to talk about today is stuff that I apply with Maverick yeah, as well. Every day. Yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah. Like if you're a parent, I don't want you just totally tune out because it's very applicable to everything that we do. Yeah, or just even your own job, right? Your own profession. Maybe mm-hmm. you've lost energy in your own profession or that motivation or that drive. Yeah. And so all of these things are just practices that we have found, yes, in the classroom, because I know we've already addressed our personal you know, mm-hmm. energy, definitely in all aspects of our life. So let's dive in and talk about how do we find motivation or find energy, you know, as parents, as educators, as whatever fill in the blank, as a wife, as whatever, an engineer or whatever your profession is, we all go through those times where it's like, I, I just am not feeling it. Did you ever have those times in the classroom where you just were not feeling it? Yeah, I didn't want to go <laughs> or be there. Or I would find myself thinking about other things and not being present in the moment because I just, I was done. I was tired. And it wasn't, sometimes it was because of what was happening inside the inside of the school. Sometimes it was a parent. And sometimes it was just how I was feeling as a person in, intrinsically, like on the inside. So and I think we all go through those moments. Yeah. And I think that people are like, oh, my goodness, you should never say that you don't want to be a parent or be in it. Well, there are days that I don't yeah. want to parent either. There, I mean, that is just if you are not if you have never felt that way, like mm-hmm. who you are. I don't know. You're not real. Like you're not you're not real. And so those emotions and those feelings are very valid and they are real. And if you're feeling that way, too, it doesn't make you a bad person or a bad parent. Yeah. It makes you human. And so we have had those moments. I have had those moments where I'm like, I don't even I. I see it was like painful to even walk into the classroom. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But at the end of the day, we are there for a purpose. We're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we have kids who are depending on us. And I think that is what makes parenting and education very different than other professions out there and yes. why they are the mm-hmm. hardest professions. And I'm, yes, I'm calling parenting a profession because it practically is. Truly, these have to be a calling because we have kids who are depending on us. And so if we're going to show up, we've got to find a way to show up. And so how do we work through these times where we are low on energy and we We might look out in our classroom as teachers and recognize, gosh, my classroom just isn't functioning as I want it to. Like, my kids aren't excited to be here. A lot of times that's a direct reflection of you as the leader of that classroom. So what are some different things? What are some techniques? What are some things that we have found to be effective when we're trying to spark up this energy, right? Fuel this energy tank. When we're trying to fill up our gas tanks, Mm -hmm. fill up our car, kind of like we talked about in the last episode. And so number one for me, when I am going through this and having these time periods and they come, you know, sporadically throughout the year, is I have to check my mindset. That's where I kind of have to start. I have to, first of all, recognize, okay, the problem here might be me. It might, in fact, be myself. Mm -hmm. That might be why my classroom is mundane or boring or my kids aren't excited to be there or why my, my kids aren't excited to learn is because I am the issue. And so I think it starts there. And really, for me, checking my mindset of, am I seeing this as a, oh, I have to versus, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, versus I get to. Or maybe my mindset is so focused on, 
all of the negative things like you were talking about in the school. Maybe mm-hmm. there's there's parent, you know, I'm having parents who I'm struggling with, or maybe my administration and I aren't seeing eye to eye, or maybe I'm I'm struggling with a difficult colleague. And so I have to check my mindset about where my focus is placed. Because if my focus is placed on those those parent relationships right now that I'm struggling with or on my administration or on, you know, a difficult colleague, then I'm too focused on the wrong thing. And that has a huge impact in the way that I instruct every single day. Yeah. And it's hard to take, especially, I mean, and, and that's real. Like if, if a, if a parent sends you a harsh email or like you were saying, a colleague or, one. yeah, it only takes one. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, that that sits with you. And especially if it's in the moment, especially if it happens that day. And so you, you definitely have to check yourself. You have to check your mindset. On that particular scenario, what I have found is, and you're always going to think about it no matter what, because it hurts. And you're like, oh my gosh, you try to chunk your time. Like you just take it moment by moment, hour by hour. If you are an educator and say, okay, that's what it was. Let's block it out for these next 45 minutes and let's just get in there and let's dive into it. And then after those 45 minutes, you can allow yourself to kind of reflect on whatever that scenario was, if it was that email or whatever it is, okay, five minutes, I'm going to think about that. And then again, I'm going to chunk that block of time out. And I think a lot of this happens with teachers and, and, and parents. I mean, parents can get emails, parents can get phone calls that they may not, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Johnny was doing so-and-so like chunk that time, allow yourself to kind of grieve that, understand it, but then, Hey, we're going to wipe it out and we're going to full in because it's not at the end of the day, it's, it should not make a direct impact on your instruction or the time that you're spending with your kids. And if you chunk that time, you could be specific about how you're going to how you're going to use that time. Well, and I think what you're talking about, too, is compartmentalizing yeah, exactly. you know, your classroom and recognizing that we can't just let one bad interaction with a colleague or one bad email or, you know, our administration be the one factor that ha- you have to think about it like this. And this is kind of overwhelming to a degree when I say this, but you're allowing one bad parent email to then affect the lives of 25 kids, right? And so that's what I mean when I say I have to check my mindset as far as, Mm -hmm. wow, what is my purpose in this classroom? And listen, this is hard as educators, and this is what you're talking about with compartmentalizing. You have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And as educators, it is okay to let a parent email upset you because Mm -hmm. you are human. It is okay to let an administrator who might not be supportive of you hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. Like you are real, you are human, but we, it's hard because then we can't carry those emotions into our daily instruction. And that's where the compartmentalizing comes. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of something that we talked about with our friend, Daniel Patterson. Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking about anxiety with worry hours, right? And so I have a certain amount of time a day that I'm going to allow myself to worry. But then after that, I've got to really push that to the side to continue to move on throughout my day. And so I think the same is true here. If you are having those difficult interactions or it's really about naming, right? Mm-hmm. Naming what is causing you to maybe have negative energy or to have, you know, what is sucking your energy. Is it a bad relationship with a colleague? Is it a parent? Is it an administrator? And really saying, okay, let me focus on this now, but then I've got to put this out of the way when it comes time for my mm-hmm. instruction. And so that's something that I have to do as well. And But honestly, you know, I find that once I do put it out of my mind and I get focused on my true purpose in that classroom, which are those kids, 
then I start to see my energy change and yeah. shift. And that honestly boosts my energy because I'm like, wow, look at my kids. If I go when they're excited and they return that energy, that motivates me to want to continue. Yeah, and I think I think the other part of it, just dealing with that is, as a teacher, you are isolated because you're the only adult in the room with those children all day long. Oh, and so hard. and so you, you you can't share your feelings with anybody. And same thing if you're a parent. I mean, if you're a parent and... I mean, if, if you're a single parent, for sure, oh my gosh, like you don't have anyone that you can talk to that, that you can kind of lean on in those situations. And so we want to encourage you to find somebody that you can um, talk to that can be your accountability partner, that can be your cheerleader. But we do want to advise you to, to, to not be that negative person. Just because you get a negative email, that doesn't mean that you spew negativity throughout the day and through and and. Uh, throughout your community, whether it's the school, whether it's at home, whether it's family, whether it's the neighborhood, you you confide in that person. You tell them, you like Hope said, you name what's bothering you about it, and then that will release some of that tension away to allow you to be the best person you can for those kids during the day. Yeah, and you don't want to allow other people's negativity to cause you right. to be that person, to cause you to be the person that you're not. Right? right. And so I have to remind myself that I'm not that person. I'm not that. And so, again, it's about checking your mindset. And the way that you can check your mindset is to recognize something is off here. I've got to name that. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to compartmentalize that. So that way it doesn't have a role in my in my daily instruction with my kids in my time that I'm with my students. Mm-hmm. And so that's honestly something that I have I have you know, done throughout the years and it's been effective for me. But the problem is if we don't recognize it, first of all, and we don't name it, we can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to start there. So then the next thing for me, you know, once I learned to kind of compartmentalize those areas and, and what energy I'm bringing into the classroom. The next thing is, you know, we we talk a lot about in our book, The Wild Card, that it's not about what you teach. It's right. about how you teach. Exactly. And this is powerful for educators, for parents at home. Now, I know you might say, well, I'm not teaching the standards. My child's teach, But this is uh, really an attitude. Mm-hmm. This is really a posture. That, that's exactly what it is. It's an yeah. attitude. It's, it's an attitude. Yeah, it's it's a posture. Are. It's how you carry yourself. But it's not about what you teach. And don't allow what you teach to drive you. Allow what allow how you teach it to drive you. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean. You know, we have conversations, and we might have shared this in another episode before, you know, just about instruction, right? And here's an example. Say that I I am not a math person. This was this was you, Wade. This was me. This was you. Yeah, you. I, you said not a math person. I was like, ding, ding, ding. No. But Wade will admit, and that, you know, many of you might be the way this way. He is not a math person. I am not a math person. Now, your our math friends will tell us that you are. Everybody's a math person, right? So you got to change your mindset. But did not do well in math. Struggled in math, and so it would have been very easy for Wade to walk into the classroom when it was time for math, which is actually what he taught. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest areas that he taught, and say, "All right, guys, you know." I, Math is not my thing either. I don't enjoy it. You know, I, I get it. I get your frustration. But it's it's something we have to do, guys. It's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. And if that's how you went into every single lesson, I guarantee you, more students than not, more kids than not, would feel the same exact way about math. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so there are areas, and I know we've, we've talked about this concept, but that's not really what we're diving into today. There are areas in parenting, in education, in life, things that we do not enjoy doing. 
So if you don't enjoy the content or the lesson or whatever you're instructing, find a way that you enjoy doing it. And so for Wade, this is why he brought so much music into the classroom. Yeah, I, guys, I... I, I was very bad at math, like Hope was saying. I, I took Algebra 1, I think, four times in high school. I wasn't going to admit it, but I was I felt <laughs> convicted to, to say that. But I, I couldn't when, – when I got tasked with teaching the whole fifth grade math, I was like, well, crap, this is going to be hard. But I was constantly studying. And this is the other thing, just going about, back to checking your mindset. You got to go back in. You got to, if you're going to do something, you got to do it. And you got to do the best that you can, do the best of, of your ability. Staying current with how you teach, I was like, I'm, I'm not very, I wasn't very good at math, but I'm going to learn this fifth grade math. I'm going to take it unit by unit. And I'm going to apply things that I love in my daily life, whether it be games with competition or music. And that's kind of where I started because I was like, I can't let these kids know. Now, number one, I didn't want them to know that I was a horrible math student. I probably should have been honest about that, but it was one of those things to where I was like, I, they had to feel confident in who I am as a teacher too. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that I was keeping it from them. I was just relearning all of this math. And so we would play games. Uh, I would divide them up into groups. We would write songs. Back then it was Bruno Mars. I want to name my triangles. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Oh, I got the guitar. I don't right remember how to play it. So cute is what that's I what had. It, that's what it was. That's <laughs> I what went by his classroom. You're welcome for that, everybody. Yeah, it was, by the way. It was so good. That is my love for you people. I don't sing anywhere unless no. it's teaching, so I consider this teaching. I used that song in my third grade classroom, you did. actually. I, I allowed you to use <laughs> my song. Um, but I, I started with that and it was, it wasn't something that was, was revolutionary because I mean, we've grown up with schoolhouse rock, right? But in this case, I was like, I love to play music. I love the guitar. I mean, the guitar and, and it started out very simple, but it was something that was just different. Still had my routines in the classroom. You had the, what was it? The Cupid Shuffle or something? The, I did the Cupid. Or the, no. Yeah, it was, divide, it was divide, Cupid Shuffle divide, with long divide, division. Multiply, multiply. And multiply. I'm not a dancer, but, the, but my... <laughs> But my kids in Pendleton, South Carolina, they knew the Cupid Shuffle, I so we did it. I walked by his classroom. It was amazing. He would have his guitar. He'd be up on the tables, and those kids would be doing. We the, did that. It, it wasn't the what was it the. Huh? It wasn't the Cupid Shuffle. It was Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, it was Cupid Shuffle. Oh, okay, okay. To, yeah, it, okay. it was. Yeah. See, I, I remember these things. Um, <laughs> I forgot these things. But what was really cool is it was so much fun, and the kids when we would have recess because in fifth grade you have recess. Brianna asked me. She said, "Hey, Mr. King, can you bring your guitar outside during recess?" I was like, sure, I can. And so that's just, I mean, it's one of those things to where if you don't, going back to what we were saying, if, if you're not excited about it, find something that makes you excited as a human being yeah. and share that with your kids, whether you're, you're at home, whether you're, you are a teacher. And honestly, I didn't really know if it would work or not, but it did. We had the highest test scores in the state of South Carolina, some of the highest growth in the whole entire state. And they were learning from a teacher who was horrible, who was a horrible math student in high school, but I had shifted my mindset to say, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to give it all I, I can, but I'm going to use things that make me excited as a human being to do it. Right. The way you found your energy mm -hmm. was not through math because math didn't give you energy. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, math did the exact opposite. Heck yeah, it did. But it was how you taught the math, how you taught the math standards. And so, you know, if this is so powerful for parents at home. 
if you're recognizing that your kids are not motivated with the content that mm-hmm. they're that's being instructed. How can you bring it to life for them? How can you bring in something that's exciting? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for especially for math, when there are so many steps to certain things and to how you work right. out equations, oh. I mean, I can still literally, Lyrics I work. just busted out both of your songs. Yeah, and I, yeah. And we haven't talked about those songs, and we haven't been in years. South Carolina for I, Yeah, I haven't taught fifth grade eight math. years. Yeah, you're right. And I still remember them. And so that is the power of music and that music has. But there's so many other techniques and strategies. You know, for me, I, I'm yeah. a crafter. Yeah, Hope loves crafting. And we talked about this with our it. how we use experiences to guide mm-hmm. our teaching. But I love, like, setting up my room. And, you know, so for me, when I was struggling to find energy with a certain concept or content, then I would bring in those certain things to say, how can I bring this lesson to life? How can I make it come to life for them? You know, for my kids, when I talk about this, with my mom, the story about Susie Adjective, mm-hmm. when my kids were struggling to um, learn adjectives. And I was like, I cannot, oh my word, if I have to say another word about adjectives, like they knew what adjectives were, but they wouldn't use them in their writing. And it's I not was, that exciting to And teach. it's not that exciting to teach. Like, I tr- trust me, I had tried all the things, but I was like, I don't just want them to be able to name adjectives and to be able to list off adjectives and to know. I want them to be able to use them. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing as a teacher mm-hmm. if I'm just focusing on memorization of things, but they can't actually apply it? They're never going to become more descriptive right. in their language. And so I was like, what What can I do? How can I make this fun for me? And so I um, invited my mom. <laughs> And my mom, actually, I've got to give a little backstory. You've got to give, yeah, no, not a little. You've got to give the backstory. I've got to give, this is a good story, though, guys. My mom volunteered one full day a week in my classroom, and she was like the class grandma. And so it was like, if Miss King says no, then you go and ask Mrs. Wheeler because she it was would give on it. Wednesdays. And now she does that with my son, too. It was on Wednesdays, but she would come in and tutor and do all sorts of things, help my kids with projects. She would work one on one with them. They adored her. I was like, I just kind of was trying to think of different ways to, again, bring learning to life. And so one time we were um, sitting around the carpet and I said, okay, I want you to use adjectives to describe a family member, which was actually, I don't know if I recommend that, guys. Because You're going to get all the stories when in first you grade. You're talking about kids in first grade. You get the good, the bad, the ugly. You get, I'm like, baby, I don't know if your mama and daddy want you to share that. So maybe, okay, let's, let's mm-hmm. move on quickly, right? Teachers, Y'all know what I'm talking about. And parents, you know how honest your kids are. And so when it came to me, the kids got to me and they were like, Miss Miss King, share something about share something about your family. And I was like, I started, you, know, you really gotta buy into it. Like you you can't just do something halfway here, folks. If you wanna give if you wanna get energy in return, you've got to think of how can I really play this part. Yep. And so I said, Okay, well, I could tell you about my uncle Jeff, but nah, he's kinda nah, I'm not gonna tell you about him. Could tell oh, definitely cannot tell you about Aunt Susie. And then, <laughs> well, the minute you tell kids that they can't know about something, they, they want to know about something. And so I said, and they were like, Aunt Su- well, who's Aunt Susie? We've got to know about Aunt Susie. And I was like, hook, line, and sinker. That's I got right. him right where I want him. Sure and so I was like, no, 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 I can't tell you about Aunt Susie. And I said, um, because Mrs. Wheeler, oh my goodness, she would just die if I told you about Aunt Susie. And they were like, Mrs. Wheeler, what? What do you mean? And so they were begging and begging, and I made them promise not mm-hmm. to tell Mrs. Wheeler. I was like, well, you've got a pinky promise me. I made this this huge deal. These kids thought they were about to get the million-dollar secret of my life. And so they were literally like crawling inching up closer and closer and closer to me on the carpet. So what Hope is saying that the, she enjoyed doing her talent was lying to children. <laughs> hey, listen. That's, that's what makes her happy. Whatever it takes, folks. <laughs> whatever it takes. I love creating a moment. And sometimes those... Y'all lie to your kids all the time about stinking Santa Claus. I mean, this is what we've built. This is what we've built our our lives upon. Let's is, not go there. Okay. Let's that's just what I keep thought. it moving here. 
so it's all about the magic, guys. If you have to, if you have to Creating stretch the unexpected. truth a little bit that, to create some magic, it's mm-hmm. okay. So they were inching up closer and closer towards me. I said, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm about to tell you this." I said, "Mrs. Wheeler has a twin." They freaked. They were like, "What? Mrs. Wheeler has a twin? She's never <laughs> talked about her twin before." And I said, "Well, there's a reason we don't talk about her twin, and that's because she's just a little extra. Like she's a lot. She's a lot to take in." And I built this whole story about um, how much personality she has and how she embarrasses us in public. And they were like, why, why? And I said, because of the way that she dresses so loud. Like she, you know, and I mean, you don't want to make this like a negative thing to where kids are like, oh, I can't be my own person. Right. But this is, this was first grade. Just go with me here. So anyways, and I said, I mean, the thing about her is that she only likes people who describe what she's wearing using adjectives. Like that's the way you compliment her is by using adjectives. Y'all, I'm telling you, these kids were like, their eyes were like huge. It was funny. So they were like, we've got to meet her. And I, I said, you cannot, I could never bring her to school. I was like, Mrs. Wheeler would die if I brought her to school. And so anyways, kept going with the story. I really played into it. And they were like, please, can we meet her, please? And I said, did y'all not just hear the fact that I said that she only likes compliments when you're describing her clothes using adjectives? And I was like, y'all proven that y'all can't do that. And so, um, <laughs> y'all can't use adjectives. You got to so. have a little fun. And they're like, we promise, we promise, we promise, we'll practice. We'll. And so I was like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it depends on how it goes with writing. And so when I tell you that those kids. They killed boom, it. Were all of the sudden I, I took more my, motivated. I took my fifth graders down to the first grade hall to recess. Uh, I didn't tell them to look at the wall when they would put the writings out, but the writings that those kids pumped out. Oh my lord! My kids could five write guys. like five paragraph et, like I'm not trying writings. to pat myself on the back, but I'm trying to pat and myself so, on the yeah. back. Yeah, and so I would bring my fifth graders out to recess down the first grade hall so they could see it, and they did. They would say, "Oh my gosh, look at those!" I go, "Yeah." You you got a lot to do now, don't and I didn't even teach writing. I didn't even teach writing. I still I was just like, come on, y'all, let's get this. So, anyways, we started working in our writing, and you know, I didn't have to go, uh, I didn't have to go around very often and say new things because those kids were so motivated, and they, and it made me excited. Yep. And I know this is about our energy in the classroom, but when your kids start getting excited about something, that makes you even more excited. So you've got to find a way that's going to mm-hmm. get you excited, which gets them excited, which gets you excited, and you see how this goes. And all I'd have to do is walk around and I'd say, "Yeah, well, I guess Aunt Susie ain't coming tomorrow," because look, and they would, they would immediately, they knew mm-hmm. what to do. Anyways, it, it was like two weeks of a unit that we were working on. At Adjectives in one Friday, um, I knew it was time to bring her. But it was so funny because even talking about attendance, <laughs> I had one student, Katie, and she um, oh, yeah, was, had mom. been really sick and she, she mm-hmm. had been out of school. And her mom emailed, emailed me and said, Miss King, I just have to know, is today the day the, day that Aunt Susie comes? Because Katie is sick and I don't think I should send her to school, but she can't miss Aunt Susie. And so even talking about motivating your kids, but on one Friday, um, the kids were around the carpet and I said, guess what? And their eyes got so big, and I said, she's here. And they freaked they out. Sure did. Y'all, my mom does not have a twin at all, but she dressed Surprise. up. Yeah, she dressed up. She went to the Goodwill. She got a prom dress. She had a on blush. Purse. She had on a cat purse that purred. But she had a boa. You got to find the right person for the job, folks. And she was the right person. She came in that classroom. Hello, children. And did this whole lesson about <laughs> Her outfit. Oh, it was weird. You would have thought (laughs) that uh, Justin Bieber at the time was like one of the most popular, you know, kids 
pop star singers, you would have thought Justin Bieber walked through the door. When I tell you that when she walked through the door, my kids practically plowed her over like I thought it was Santa Claus. Like they were shouting uh-huh. adjectives at her because they were just wanted to impress her and wanted to make her feel good about herself with adjectives. But anyways, it was such a special moment. And so that day I told the kids, I was like, but you've got to promise that you will mm. never tell Mrs. Wheeler that she came. And so this just goes to show what creating a moment looks like. So anyways, I had those kids for three years. I taught them first grade, second grade, and third grade. God bless them for being with me for three years. But in third grade, we were moving to Atlanta because Wade yep. had gotten a different job. Mm-hmm. And so it was our last day together, very last day of the school year. I was a miserable wreck because I was leaving my babies. And so at the end of the day, I walked all my kids to the bus stop and or to the bus and came back. And Katie was still in the room because yeah. she was helping clean up. Her, her, mom, her, her mom Her mom worked at the, school. At the school. She was helping her mom mm-hmm. clean up. And she went up to my mom and tapped her on the shoulder. And this was three years later. And she said, and mom turned around and my mom was like, oh, Katie, what do you need? And Katie goes, I know. <laughs> and my mom was like, what do you know? What do you know? My mom had no idea what she was talking about. Because it had been like two years. Yeah. And Katie goes, I know your Aunt Susie. And so Katie had held that secret for literally three years. And she was like, well, guess Miss King's moving. I can come out. I can let the cat out of the bag. But no, she had held that secret for three years, even though she had known that. But that's a moment. And so that's what we mean when we say it's not about what you teach. I promise you, there are so many things that we are teaching that kids are never going to remember. Why? Because it's about how we teach. Mm -hmm. It's about the moments Mm -hmm. that they associate that learning with. That is power. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I found my energy. That's where Wade found his energy is focusing on, okay, I know this is my favorite thing, and I know I'm not feeling it, and my kids aren't grasping it either. The problem must be in my delivery of the content. Change your delivery, which kind of leads into the next thing. It's exact. I mean, they go hand in hand. Yeah. And so the next thing when you're trying to find that energy or find that motivation in your classroom is trying something new. Yeah. Right? Sometimes, I mean, and all of these things go hand in hand. I mean, if if you're trying to check your mindset, well, your mindset may be off because you're doing the same monotonous thing every single day. And we're not saying that you should break your routines. Routines are super important. Expectations are super important. But if you're doing the same song and dance every single day, Number one, it's not going to be exciting for you. Number two, it's not going to be exciting for the kids because you're not excited. If I were to bring in music every single day, y'all, I've had I've had classes that uh, we've had a full on rock your rock band. Like it's it, I've had drummers, I've had a bass player, I've had like, uh, neon guitar, the, I've had a keyboard what's player. What's the name of the Jack Watt? Oh, that's um, School of Rock. School of rock. Yeah, yeah, literally. I've, I've I've had like three class classes of students with with that before and we're just killing it but even that gets old after a while but it was good but it still got old because it was the same thing every single day you've got to shake it up you got to shake it up if you are a parent in in the home you got to shake it up if you are a teacher inside of a school building and so what did I do I said well what's something that I'm not really good at and I thought about it and I said you know what I'm not very good at crafting or transforming my room do I know someone who's really good at that? Yes, I do. My wife. And so that's when I went to Hope and I said, you know what? I got to do something that's different. Can you help me with the room transformation? And it started small. It started small and we started doing things together and working together. That's a great story. We'll but, save for another day. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but it was one of those things that I said I, I had to step out of my comfort zone and I had to do something that was 
obviously challenging because it wasn't in my comfort zone, but something that was different that the kids, that they wouldn't expect. Um, it's creating those moments to be the unexpected for you and your kids. And if you do the same monotonous thing every single day, even though it's a cool thing, it gets old. It, it gets does. old after a while. It does. And I think, you know, we're talking about how things that we can do as educators, as parents, but do you see how this is a direct reflection on unmotivated learners, on students who are struggling to find their energy? We've got their kids are too young to really understand, oh, if I do this, I'll have more energy. We have to facilitate an environment that helps them find their energy. And so do you see the direct correlation to, oh, if I change something up, it's going to excite me, but in, in return, it's also going to excite the kids. So if you're recognizing as a parent who's at home during distance learning that my kids are hating this, right? right. You don't want them to hate this. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to hate education. That is the very last thing that you want them to do. Kids are kids, no matter how old they are. Our son is almost 17 months. And I mean, I, I was just reflecting and thinking about this the other day. I said, you know, he gets bored already at 17 months old of walking the same route yeah. to the park that's right down the road. Yeah. We've got to go a different direction because he's tired of looking at the same thing. He gets bored playing with the same toys. He gets bored of playing in the same room. Yeah. And so as easy as that sounds, it's it's hard for us to understand. Shake it up a little bit. Yep. It's a simple, simple tool. It's a simple strategy that you can use with your kids at home and in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, if you're at home, like maybe you find one thing that we've done is um, we've done like glow days with glow sticks. And I don't know, maybe you turn the lights off and you get glow sticks and you let the kids learn. They're writing with highlighters. They're or writing with highlighters with black or with black lights. Or you know, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy things. Maybe no. they learn. Maybe they sit in a different place. It can be as simple as that. Maybe they go outside to do their learning for that day. Maybe you you grill hot dogs outside while they're learning. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So it's many just, cool things. And we Easy. can't sit here and give you all of the answers because your kid is completely different than mm -hmm. the kid next door, than the kid next door, than the kids in our class. Mm -hmm. You've got to find, what am I going to change to excite my kid, my students, my child at home learning? And so try things that are new. And you might try things and they're, listen, I've tried so many things that have failed miserably, mm -hmm. right? And so we're not saying that everything that you try is going to work. But try something. And be honest with your with your kids if it does. Like, yeah. well, that didn't go well, that really well, guys. Yeah. But I mean, we tried, right? Maybe, it's we tried. Right. Maybe you're doing a hands-on science experiment. Maybe you're allowing them, if, if you work hard and you earn so mm -hmm. many letters or so many different things, then we get to do a science experiment. I don't know, but you got to figure out what it is that motivates your kids. And there are so many resources out there to find Minute to Win It games or science experiments or educational songs. So many groups, or so many things. Yeah. So many different yeah. resources. You just got to know what to look for. And we're telling you, look for look for engaging yep. ways, exciting things to take something that the kids are learning and make it magical. Mm -hmm. That's when moments happen and that's when learning occurs. That's learning right. should be moments. So we've talked all about checking your mindset, recognizing when there is an issue and where our mindset is. Do we truly want to change it? Then not focusing on what we teach, but how we teach it. Mm -hmm. Trying something new that might include you, is going to include you stepping outside of your comfort zone to get away from the normal. And then finally, the last thing is just reimagining your priorities. Where do your priorities lie? Maybe it's time for a priority shift. Maybe the things that we once that once were important to helping our kids enjoy learning are no longer the things that are most important to them. Like we've got to figure out, you know, where, because again, this is a time thing. Where do we find the time? Maybe mm -hmm. it's time to shift our focus to engagement. That's what we need to focus on within our house or within our classrooms or within our, you know, distance learning models. So just really thinking about 
is this a priority? I've got to be able to invest time into this. I've got to be able to do the research and to get the things and to do whatever I need to do. You've got to make it a priority. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely suggest you look at your class and during this time period, it may be a little bit different. You may be in person class with your kids spread out, or you may be through a screen. We don't know. Hopefully we'll be back all together in a more regular scenario in a concrete building um, all the time. But you have to look and you have to see what your priorities are, just like Hope was talking about. I mean, obviously the kids, your students, they, they have to learn standards. I mean, that's a given no matter what. So that's always going to be there. But how are you going to instruct your students? What do they need in this moment? Do they need, like Hope said, do they need a certain type of engagement? Well, if they do, what do you need to be able to make sure that that happens? Right. Do you need to block out time to plan for that? Right. What do you need to focus on and what's not going to take all of your energy away? I love music. And so I knew that these kids needed to learn math. Well, they weren't very excited about it. I knew they loved music. So what did I do? I researched music that they enjoyed, not necessarily music I enjoyed. I would li literally listen to the top 100 pop songs to see what they listened to. And so I would take the time to do that, but I would find the time to do, to do that in the car. I would do that in the car. I would randomly listen to music. And then when I got home, I would have to look at the standards, rewrite lyrics to those standards but it was something that I liked doing. And so it wasn't like a task that I was like, oh man, I hate this so much. So it wasn't taking a lot of my energy. It was actually re refueling me because when the song was done, I was really excited about presenting this material. So I think it's important to point out before we wrap it up is that, you know, if music is not something that you enjoy and you're like, it's going to stress me out. I don't even know where yeah. to start writing a song. It's going to stress oh, me out. I'm going to hate it. I'm not, don't do that. Right. That's not your mm -hmm. thing. Like you, you've got to find something that's going to work for you and for your students because mm -hmm. Because that energy, again, goes hand in hand and it's contagious from you to your students and vice versa. So if you're just trying to emulate a teacher to make something fit, like a square peg and a round or whatever that square peg and a round hole that, saying is, it. um, then it's not for you. Find something that excites, because this is about your energy right. being reflective of your students and vice versa. So again, it's about finding something that works for you, finding something that works for your students. But again, shaking things up, mm -hmm. being unpredictable. Everything is not always the same way. We're going to learn today, but it's going to look different. Right. So those are things that we have done. And truly, I mean, those that's what keeps my passion alive. That's what keeps my energy alive. That's what makes those me so excited yep. to be an educator is because I know that every single year can look different. I might have the same exact standards, but every day can look different. Every year can look different. Kids are different. And that's what and kids are different. And that's what keeps it exciting. Mm -hmm. We want for kids to say, I wonder what's going to happen the, tomorrow. The older you get, the uncooler you get. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So you you constantly ha have to reconnect with your students every single year and ask questions because yeah, right. it's hard. <laughs> that's right. So guys, that concludes this two parts to the energy series. We hope that some of these strategies, whether you were looking for energy on a personal level or a professional level in your mm -hmm. classroom or with your kids, that you have found strategies or just reminders of things that maybe you have lost sight of or lost focus of. But energy has to be a priority. It's that's a right. mindset. It's mm -hmm. a lifestyle. It's mm -hmm. a habit. And so it's not just something that you are either blessed with or not blessed with. That is not how it works. Trust me, because I, then I guess that neither one of us were blessed with natural energy. We 
have to seek to find it. We have to find it. But it's about how you structure your life that really supports your enthusiasm, your excitement for what mm-hmm. you do. Education is always an opportunity, and so we always have an opportunity to grow and to grow our, our area of expertise. So with that, thank you for again for joining us for another episode of the new EDU. We cannot wait to hear ways that you yeah, find let us know. Let us know. your energy and things that excite you and excite your kids. We'll see you next time. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. And edited by Andrew Weller. With production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.